and Jerry weigh in on the day's sports conversation. It's the Daily Rewind. Let's start with our buddy Scott Inez, ESPN Afternoons with Scott Inez, 4 to 6 right here on ESPN 580. I'll make a cameo on that show from time to time. Uh, Today, Scotty reacting to the NBA taking blame for that embarrassing finish in the Magic Laker game last night. The NBA has just released a statement on this last two-minute report, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, on the inbounds pass, referees were reasonably certain that there was a clock malfunction and triggered an instant replay under. After review, it is confirmed that the game clock was inadvertently started by the refereeing crew, by the refereeing crew, and that time expired before the ball was touched. The clock is correctly reset to six-tenths. However, since the pass was still in the air, when the clock expired, the ball was still in Orlando's possession and thus Orlando should have retained possession on the sideline at the nearest spot. NBA got it wrong. Number one, the the NBA is basically saying our referee screwed up. Yeah, you did. But I love this last two-minute report. It's like like the NBA tells us how they screwed up each and every day and, and yet, and yet, we don't get a resolution. You know, it's kind of like that television commercial with the guy sitting in the dentist chair and the dentist says, yeah, you got cavities. See you later. Goodbye. <laughs> like, there's no there's no resolution to it. Scott Inez, he's totally right. The two-minute report, the last two-minute report from the NBA, it's an apology without a, without a resolution. It almost, it makes you feel incomplete when you get it because there's no way of retroactively going back and changing the finish to that game. Does it help? It it does because you at least you get the apology. Some other leagues you don't get the apology at least, or you don't get the league ad- admitting that there was a mistake made. I think it's good for the NBA because, and this is why Adam Silver wants it, is there's transparency as to what a call was, what call was supposed to be made in that it's scenario. It's supposed to eliminate that's, the tinfoil. It's, that's an it's it's an embarrassing finish for the NBA yeah. last night. And I know it's between two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs in a game that basically nobody cares about. But at the same time, just an embarrassing finish because common sense tells you give the ball to the Orlando Magic. Just use some common sense, people. I think if I we think were David to rely, Bauman sent money to those refs. I think if we were to rely more on common sense in sports, the NFL, what's a catch? Does it look like a catch? We'd be a lot further along. Here's the ESPN NBA analyst Jalen Rose. Finally happy there's competition for the NBA title. I would like to see the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets actually play in the NBA Finals. Right, right. Not the Conference Finals. But the Rockets have improved. The last couple of years, they were top three in the West. James Harden, he was an MVP runner-up. This is why Chris Paul was like, I'm going to leave the Clippers and go run with him. They've added toughness in Paul. They can play defense with Ariza and Capella and Bamute and Tucker. And they also have snipers that can shoot the ball. Jalen Rose, Jerry, are you putting the Rockets on the same level as the Warriors? They've won 17 straight freaking games. Yeah, I put them on the same level regular season. Oh! Yeah, exactly. I don't think they have what they need. Hashtag hate hard. Experience-wise to make it to the next level. You don't trust them yet? No. There is a lack of trust with the Houston Rockets that only winning games is going to get them through where finally people are going to start to buy in them i think if they're impressive now they have a winning record against golden yes, state yes they do and those would be games that golden state should care about mm-hmm. but we have we have found that of course the regular season the playoffs much different and also james hart if you were to pick out two players in the nba that you would say choking dogs in the playoffs Numbers one and two would be Chris Paul and James Harden, and Houston has both of those choking yeah. dogs. There, yeah. They have them both on the same team, and that's why until they slay the dragon, until they beat San Antonio, 
And until they beat Golden State, we're not going to take Houston seriously. Talent-wise, we should, but just in terms of the eye test, seeing it, I got to see him beat those teams first before I think James Harden is going to no-show again, just like he did last season. I, I'll still never understand what happened there other than maybe him having a little bit of money. Plus, I'm also irritated that the new owner there, Mr. Landry, comes into a winning situation like this. Ah, it irritates that Fertitta? guy. Right? Yeah. is the guy's name, yeah, right? It's yeah. like, how do you buy a winning team? Well, I mean, like, I mean, what do you, I mean. That never happens. No, it's an odd situation that yeah. they sold that team. He's Jerry Daniels. I'm Nick Grunow. It's Nicky Football. You listen to the Daily Rewind. We take it through the day's sports conversation right here on Live, Local, and Loud. Uh, the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gotts. The guys reacting to another inappropriate question asked at the NFL Combine. Team asked a prospect if he likes men. I feel like we all sort of understand that's not an appropriate job interview question. And I think we understand, and we can argue about it, but I think we understand that while you might want all the information in the world about the person you're interviewing because you're making an investment, you're not entitled to everything that you want. If you want to do journalism on this story, somebody needs to smoke this person out. Put them out in public so we can all look at them. You know, I never call for hugely punitive things. Sometimes I think the shame is enough, but sometimes I think the shame is necessary. Like, I don't think it that often. I'm always looking around and saying to myself, oh, this is a this is a bummer. Like, this person did the wrong thing, and I would still, I, I feel bad for the people in public shame, but some people deserve it. Dan Lebitard talking about LSU running back Darius Geis, who said today that when he was in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, he was asked by a team, one team, one of their evaluators, whether or not he likes men. Now, across the ESPN network today, I have to say, there, there was a little back and forth as to whether or not this was actually an inappropriate question. Um, and I think it all depends on what the aim was to determine when the question was asked, because there's a lot of psychological testing that's being done during these these conversations. You're just trying to get a reaction out of the guy, maybe, to see what he is going to say. I don't know. I think there are other ways to go about getting that same sort of reaction without asking a question that can be deemed as extremely personal like this. Is I that what you got out of that segment? From what Dan was talking about? Yeah. No. I mean, that's what I got out of the question. Here's I, what I got out of it. Go ahead. The federal government's always had what they call the fourth branch, which is the media. And it's been the media's job to police the other three branches. Okay. Have you noticed that sports media now, to kind of fill the airtime, so to speak, has tried to become the fourth branch? That more than just covering, now they're becoming a policing agency? Especially See, I, in this era of I, the I, I Me did, Too? I, I disagree. There's very little of that. Dan Lebitard is doing that right there. But there's very little actual journalism that's going on in sports anymore. Very, very little in terms of actual reporting. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of opinion being given, but very little journalism on this type of thing. As Dan is imploring someone to do, go out and find the individual who asked this question and let's shame him and not just react to. Well, maybe what a everybody's shame a little gun shy, and I know we're an ESPN affiliate, but ESPN's a little bit sore right now from the situation out in Arizona. You talking about the Mark Schlereth situation, yeah. or not Mark Schlereth? Excuse uh, no. me, uh, uh, Mark Schleyball. Yes, and that that report on yeah. on Miller. I, I get it, but that, that's completely unrelated in this in this situation. I, I I think that I think that if you're looking for a reaction from somebody, if the question indeed there was, if the question indeed was not actually, do you like men? And I don't sure. know. I was not there. Okay, if the question was not to determine the sexual orientation 
of the individual, which was Darius Geis, if it was just to get the reaction out of him, and that is what I'm deeming here may or may not have happened, I think there are other ways to measure how someone will respond to a question like that without asking that question. I think those types of things should be off And that's why he wants to smoke him out. Exactly. I'm, I'm agreeing with Dan. That's why those types of questions should be off limits. Because, as Dan put it, you don't need you. You are not entitled to all of the information. Some of it, yes, because you're a potential employer. But my employer can't ask me that. Your employer can't ask you that. So I. This is once again the arrogance of the NFL and those teams that they own these individuals and own every aspect. And of that's their lives. why they do not. And that's why I brought up the fourth branch because I think as time goes on, especially with the power of social media and the responsibility that the media has to handle social media more responsibly than what everybody else does because they actually back up their stories, I think we're going to see more of a policing. What Dan's calling for, Mm -hmm. I think, is going to happen more often in the future. 